The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Happy Friday. Hi there. Ho there, everybody. If you're in any place other than South Texas, it's probably shaping up to be a pretty decent weekend. Uh, If you are in the state of Texas and you are on the Gulf Coast, it's going to be a beaut. And uh, we will get you all the 411. The flip around will probably be dominated by what is now a Category 3 storm. The first Category 3 storm to hit Texas in 47 years. First Category 3 storm to hit the United States in over a decade. So it's significant, folks. And and if you're not in Texas, it means something to you. Because it could affect you, and I'll explain why. 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. You want to reach out to the Salcedo Show and say howdy. Catching the show live, you can go to theblaze.com slash radio. You can get one of two smartphone apps. You can get both, I suppose. Blaze Radio smartphone app. That's my personal favorite. Or the iHeart Radio app. SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. What we do is we download or upload, I should say, all of the content on our broadcast here up to those three destinations. And you get to listen on your schedule. For example, if you're in Corpus Christi, Texas, and you're not going to be near any internet for a while, and you need to catch up on everything that's done here on The Blaze, well, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher, just for you to do just that. Uh, Social media, keep up with the show. Jump on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X as in Texas. And then go to the Facebook page, The Chris Salcedo Show. The Chris Salcedo Show. Our presence also available for you, theblaze.com on the channels section. Theblaze.com, just click on the channels tab and find us. This thing's a beaut, folks. 400 miles wide. The uh, outer band's already lashing the Texas coast. And it's significant. Pressure inside the eye is lowering. That means it's strengthening. And we're talking... What was it? 84? No, I'm sorry. 86 to 89 degree temperatures. These storms only need 82 degree temperatures in the water to get fueled. And it's... uh, This thing's a monster. It has plenty of fuel... As it spins up, president speaking with uh, the governors of Texas and Louisiana. Think about this. The currents on top, the the air currents, there's no there's nothing to steer this thing. So it could it could make landfall and just sit there and park for a couple of days and lash southern Texas with wave after wave after wave of rain. They're making estimates now over. Over 35 inches of rain. The tributaries in most of these areas, I know in Houston, tributaries can only handle 13 inches in one day. Imagine 30. It's, this is going to be, this is going to be one we're talking about for an awful long time. We'll start out with CNN, see what they're saying about the storm. Since you're getting all those National Weather Service updates. And so, I mean, I see it, I see it, you know, bright purple and red churning on the screen. What's, what's ballpark uh, landfall? Uh, That's a great question because the the latest coordinates now, Brooke, put it just 75 miles from Corpus Christi. 
75 miles and it's moving at 10 miles an hour. So if we do the math, this is no longer going to be, you know, after midnight into the wee hours. This could be as early as 9, 30, 10, 11 p.m. local time. So do not wait until the last minute. It is a Category 3 just moments ago. We saw the winds kick up. Uh, a few hours ago, it was just that the pressure dropped, and I mentioned that it takes a while for the winds to catch up to that dropping pressure, but it would happen. It's a major hurricane now. Heavy bands of rain, tropical storm force winds. We've got power outages already. Keep this in mind as well. When you get closer to landfall and you have more time, you start to think that the computer models are going to start agreeing more. That's not really happening. And the reason why it's not happening, folks, is because there's nothing steering this thing, as I was just telling you. It's anybody's guess. Here's the worst case scenario. You ready for this? This thing could go inland, sit and spin for a couple of days, drop wave after wave after wave of water, and then get pushed back out into the Gulf as a tropical storm or as a tropical depression. And then when it gets back into the Gulf, like I told you, that warm water is fuel. It could spin up again and, and, and make landfall again, get back into the Gulf, get pushed into eastern Texas, into western Louisiana. It, 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 this one storm could do a double hit on the United States. It's 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 nasty. Let's get over to MSNBS. United States is now in the direct path of Harvey. When we factor in the refinery assets along the Louisiana coast and the potential tropical storm and flooding issues that persist there, then we're talking about four out of every seven barrels of refining capacity. And this is refining capacity east of the Rockies. So as far as the New York Mercantile Exchange is concerned, this is what we are concerned with. This is why it impacts you folks who are not in Texas. This is why it's important, because as you heard this gentleman, who was it, Stephen Schrock, the Schrock Report editor, uh, Houston, as you all know, is, or maybe you don't know, is a major energy port. We have rigs offshore, which have, by the way, been depopulated. They're closed down. So there's no oil flowing. The ships are moored and, and battening down the hatches, if you will. And there's no, and the refineries down in Houston are shuttered. What does that mean for you and your gas tank? especially if you are part of the energy chain, as this man was alluding to, uh, that, that gets all of its gas and refined petroleum from this Houston exchange. Four out of every 10 barrels refined and processed in the United States comes through southern Texas. This is, <laughs> this is why you're probably going to see, in sympathy to this storm, gas prices ticking up all over the country. And this is why it's important to you. Uh, let's jump over to Fox. The emergency buses stop running. Uh, you only have one route to go in or out. And when those roads get flooded, it could be a, a real disaster. And the other factor to keep in mind, too, is the worst of this is going to be in the dark, as is so often the case. It's going to be overnight when we have potentially over 100 mile per hour winds for perhaps all night long here with that storm surge. So. For people who stayed, they could be in for a terrifying and dangerous night here along the Texas coast, John. Yeah, and, and for people who tried to do what they could to prepare, um, you say that the, the, the supplies went pretty quickly in those stores that had them. They did. When you go into a, you know, a Walmart or a Home Depot yesterday, if you go to the aisle that's marked rain supplies or flashlights or water, in most cases you saw just empty shelves. And not only that, about Steve Harrigan, by the way, out there on the coast. That poor guy, he gets all the he gets all the crap duty. I, 
I have stood out in that never in a hurricane, never in a in tornadic activity, but I've stood out in in massive storms and done what Steve Harrigan is doing. It's not fun. It, it is like I said, it's crap duty. Uh, there was a a very well interesting yet funny story that came out of uh, I believe it was the Houston Chronicle. Not only are the aisles with flashlights and batteries and storm supplies are they empty, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. All of the liquor and wine and spirit shelves are completely empty in the areas like Corpus Christi all the way up into Houston. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, if you think about it, what do you I mean? You lose power. Uh, you lose power. It's still the dead of summer in Texas. So you lose power. You lose uh, the ability to traverse the roadways. You can't you can't go out of the, you, you can't go out of your home. So what do you do for four or five days? <laughs> hey, it would drive anybody to drink. Let me just say, but there, there were some people lamenting in the pages of the Chronicle this morning. that Man, I had to, I had to try some of this hard lemon cider I never drank before in my life. <laughs> well, any port in a storm, I'd imagine. But I thought that was hilarious to read that account that along with all of the necessities, some folks thought that uh, stocking up on the alcoholic beverages... <laughs> <laughs> was also apropos and um th- this will this will as i told you guys have ramifications not only for the rest of the country and, and the cost of gas and energy prices but uh for those of you who listen to us in the state of texas uh you are about to be inundated with uh, with tens of thousands of people who decided to evacuate and they're going to ride it out uh not not too far from home and maybe the adjacent states as well uh so uh, just keep that in mind. Folks who got out of Dodge, they got to go somewhere. So there, this could be a weekend full of packed roadways in, in Texas, in northern part of Texas, and adjacent states. And it's going to get nasty, folks. And imagine to see your, your steady share of video with high water rescues from folks who said, ah, you know what, I'm just going to ride it out. This puppy's a Category 3. It's a major hurricane. And... uh Folks who did not obey the evacuation orders, I think they may come to regret regret it. I hope not, but they just may. You know, one more thing. If you guys don't know the geography of Texas, uh, San Antonio and Austin, further to the north, a little bit off to the west, they are saying now, because of the size of the storm, that that might not be far enough. That the, the outer bands might start lashing and actually may already be moving into San Antonio and Austin. Uh, These cities could also be met with torrential rain and increased winds. Sustained winds right now uh, all the way up to, uh, what was it, 45, 45 miles an hour. Sustained, folks, sustained. So that's just bad news. All right, uh, we'll get on to some other news of the day. Now that we've covered your weather forecast, uh, at least as far as Texans are concerned, and your energy forecast in the immediate future, and much more to cover today on the Chris Salcedo Show, including that coach out in Washington who knelt down in prayer at the 50-yard line and was told by the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals that he could not kneel in prayer because he was a government employee. I'll talk to his attorney coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network.
Chris Salcedo Show. Listen. Dial. Speak. 888-900-3393. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo Show, and I'm happy you've tuned in. Uh, We have a lot to cram in. Uh, We're going to talk to the attorney, Jeremy Dice, uh, for the uh, Coach Kennedy who was told by his fired by his school because he knelt down in prayer after being warned not to by himself at the 50 yard line, uh, ninth circus court of appeals said, Hey man, uh, you don't have a right to the freedom expression, uh, freedom of expression of religion. If you get a government job, don't have that right to which I say, well, hell yeah, they have that right. Well, since when did the ninth circuit court of appeals, rewrite the Constitution of the United States and get rid of our First Amendment protections. So we'll talk to the attorney about that. Uh, also, the, the latest uh, tactic by the Never Trumpers who have joined up with the, the, the Never Trump Republicans to have joined up with the radical left-wing extremists in this country to say that Donald Trump is crazy. He's enforcing the law. He's nuts. He's rebuilding the military. He's absolutely crazy. He's not allowing the wanton breaking of of U.S. law. He's absolutely kooky. And we'll deal with that. Mary Ramirez also coming up in the program. Did you guys see what happened with the ACLU? ACLU, first off, they have decided to stop defending the Second Amendment. Uh, They they are saying now that uh, if you're exercising your First and your Second Amendment rights together, they won't defend you. Because uh, uh, the, the ACLU is decidedly now anti-constitutional when it comes to the Second Amendment. And then they tweeted out a picture yesterday. They tweeted out a picture of an adorable little white baby, probably one years old, maybe one and a half, holding an American flag and a little toy. Adorable kid. And the, the baby's wearing a onesie. It says free speech says, this is the future the ACLU members want. And, of course, we being conservatives, look at that. Well, it's, you know, I, we want our future, absolutely. Those of us who don't think race constantly. Those, who are not, those of us who are not playing victims constantly. Um, some members of our society, left-wing extremists, hate-filled, bigoted a-holes, saw that picture of an adorable white little girl and said, a white baby holding an American flag? you're, You're supporting white supremacy, said these leftists. To which the ACLU agreed with these racists. The ACLU now agrees that America's future should not include white babies holding American flags. ACLU tweeted out with a picture of Kermit the Frog saying, when your Twitter followers keep you in check and remind you that white supremacy is everywhere. First off, I'd ask the ACLU, prove it. Show me that white supremacy is everywhere because really the truth of the matter is, According to your Southern Poverty Law Center, there are only 3,000 people out of the entire country who declare themselves KKK members. Uh, Just in perspective, folks, that's 3,000 out of 320 million or so 
over $320 million. The A- In the ACLU's book, that's everywhere. <laughs> the truth of the matter is, folks, is that white supremacy has been properly marginalized and denigrated and debased, as is only proper, as is should be the fate of all racism, except for it's not. Those people who were racist against seeing a white baby, who were horrified by the sight of a white baby, who vehemently were repulsed by the by the sight of a white baby holding an American flag, the ACLU, uh, ACLU agrees with your racism. And that's how that's how I will look at this. The ACLU is now a racist organization that believes that America's future should not include white babies. As are so many of those who either troll the ACLU or are members of the ACLU. That is a, that is a kind of racism I do not buy into. I believe America is for all races. That's the beauty of America. It's for all races. And for those who are offended at the sight of a white baby, eh, screw you. Screw you. Uh, that's how. That's what I would say to anybody who saw a black baby holding an American flag and were repulsed. I'd say, screw you too. Or a Latino baby. Either way. Anybody who looks at somebody's skin color and is repulsed and then any organization that says, oh, you've got a point. <laughs> You're just a bunch of racists. No better than Colin Kaepernick. Ah, he's not a racist. He just hates America. Colin Kaepernick's not a racist. He just he just hates the United States. Hey, he's in good company. President Obama felt the same way. Uh, telephone number you folks want to weigh in on anything we're talking about, 888-933-93-888-900-3393. Donald Trump put on a clinic, I thought, uh, bashing the basket of bias press. And I, I think he had... He had sufficient reason to, grie- to, to have a grievance. Now, this went on for a half an hour. And, you know, well, let me, let me play some of this. Hold on. For a better life. What happened in Charlottesville strikes at the core of America. And tonight, this entire arena stands united in forceful condemnation of the thugs who perpetrate hatred and violence. That includes Black Lives Matter. That includes the KKK. That includes the neo-Nazis. That includes Antifa. But the very dishonest media, those people right up there with all the cameras. (laughs) And here here comes the booze. This goes on. Hell, this might this might last all the way into the break, folks. That now, in this speech, President Trump decries. Listen to the book. They just keep on going. That's how that's how beloved the basket of bias press is in this country. And they've earned it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll discuss that next. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network.
Chris Salcedo. Welcome back, folks. Coming up, talk to Jeremy Dice. He is a an attorney representing the coach, Coach Kennedy, who took a knee at the 50-yard line in prayer and was fired for it in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, the most overturned court in the land has said, yeah, if you work for the government, uh, you don't have any First Amendment rights. Uh, your, your free expression of religion is curtailed if you work for the government, which is exactly what government's not supposed to do. The Constitution is chains on government, you see. They are prohibited from stopping us from praying wherever the hell we want. Uh, so the, the tactic that is being undertaken by the American left universally, Democrats, liberal extremists, and the never-Trump Republicans, is trying to now say that Donald Trump is crazy. Uh, And thus trying to get Mike Pence to assume his duties, get him impeached on the grounds that he's mentally unstable. It's it's really disgusting to to watch what's happening. By the way, I want to let you, speaking of disgusting... You know how Hillary has come out with her new book. I think it's out next week. And she has that part of it that says that Donald Trump made my skin crawl. Eh. Well, we have a picture. We have an illustration of that. It's uh, great moments in the 2016 debates (laughs) where you will be able to visually see Hillary Clinton's skin crawling. (laughs) It's on the Chris Salcedo Show Facebook page pinned to the very tippy top for your viewing pleasure please feel free to share and share alike guy benson was on fox news and guy is astonished that so many people are listening to donald trump and they're they're so taken aback by the way he handles himself the plain uh unvarnished way that he speaks He's not going to change. This is who he is. This is the man who was elected president. I mean, it really struck me watching all the media response to the speech in Phoenix. People shocked, people fainting. Can you believe? Yes, I can believe it. Where have you been for the last two years? I mean, if you were orbiting the Earth in a satellite somewhere with no access to any information and you parachuted into Phoenix last night, yes. That would have been a very bizarre political performance. But if you've been a sentient human being for two years, it is exactly what we have come to expect because that's Donald Trump. That is the president. And whether you like it or not, people elected him knowing that is precisely who he is. You know, I I have to concur. Now, I I don't uh, Guy Benson was a I don't want to say he's a never Trumper. He was steadfastly against Donald Trump becoming president. Guy Benson with Town Hall, who I like, who I really do like. But he wasn't exactly a Trump fan. Let's just put it that way. But he he brings up a, a lot of good points. The American people did like it. Now, who would you rather have? A man, say what you want. He's in there fighting every day to keep his promises. I mean, ser- to the point to where he's firing at Republicans who are standing in his way. Would you rather have unvarnished, plain-spoken Donald Trump or the niceties of, of Mitch McConnell, who will calmly and rationally and, and very statesmanlike explain why he's bending you over as a Republican voter and screwing you? He does it so well. I mean, it's, it's like Barack Obama. Very well-spoken as he was, 
as as Barack Obama was making the government of the United States the enemy of we the people. But he did it so well and he was so clean cut and so well spoken. Oh, well, terrific. It'll, it'll, it'll make the oppressive nature of his regime, President Obama's regime, go down so much nicer if he says it with such beautifully orchestrated and eloquent words. As he weaponized the Internal Revenue Service, as he gave away my tax money to the number one state sponsor of terror. As he glad-handed with the Castro regime. Yes, it made it all so worth it just to hear how beautifully he enunciated and how, how, how he was able to lie so eloquently. On so many occasions. So I think by and large the American people appreciate forthrightness. Uh, Mitch McConnell can't be forthright. Mitch Mitch McConnell doesn't stand up there and say, hey, the reason why uh, you're all having to deal with skyrocketing skyrocketing, health care prices is because John McCain's a reprobate. Because John McCain has his panties in a twist because he had his feelings hurt during the last election. And he hates Donald Trump. That's the reason why your family is made to suffer and have less money because uh, John McCain has mental issues. But that's the plain spoken truth. And Americans value that. Because we've been treated. Look at where niceties have gotten us. Look at where diplomatic language has gotten us. $20 $20 trillion in debt, a dilapidated military that is that can't keep planes flying or keep ships from running into each other or running into other ships. A Congress that can't advance legislation to help we the people, a 75,000-page nonsensical tax code. Gee, let's hear some more of that diplomatic language. More BS. To make us feel better about our terrible circumstance. No, we need a, a, a lawmaker who says, I see the problems we're in. I'm trying to fix it. And by the way, here are the problems. Byron York said that despite his, uh, how do we say this, uh, unrefined way of speaking at that rally in Arizona, he made some points. But the off script, there was a lot of, le- there were legitimate points in the off script uh, sure, stuff. When he's sure. talking about Republicans who couldn't get their act together after seven years of promising to repeal Obamacare, he's absolutely right about that. Some of his attacks on the press, same old thing, but some people in the press afterwards came out as if prompted by the president and went way over the top in their commentary and suggested he was suffering from dementia or was psychotically demented. Yeah, so and it, part of that coverage included uh, the former national intelligence director who said this. Yes, and we have talked about what the former DNI, the director of national intelligence, this this James Clapper, who is was every bit the expert liar that President Obama was. As a matter of fact, he lied to Congress. Here's what the disgraced liar, multiple liar, former director of national intelligence James Clapper said about President Trump. Are you questioning his fitness? Yes, I do. I, I, I really question uh, his uh, ability to, uh, his fitness to be in this office. And I also uh, am beginning to wonder uh, about uh, his, his motivation for it. Maybe, maybe he is looking for a way out. Now, one, one could also question your patriotism. DNI Clapper, because 
when you were up in front of the people's representatives, you chose to lie to the people's representatives and in turn lie to the American people. So DNI Clapper, I question whether or not you're playing for our team. I question as to whether or not you're actually pro-American, sir. Uh, as a matter of fact, I find uh, somebody in your position, the former director of national intelligence, you're an appointed position, sir. You're supposed to be serving the American people. You're not a politician who, who, by the way, you know, it, like Mitch McConnell and Barack Obama and Nancy Pelosi lie to us on a regular basis. You're supposed to be serving the American people and you chose to lie, sir. To us, to the American people. I question your patriotism, sir. I'm not the only one. Tony Schaefer, our good buddy, former lieutenant colonel in the United States military, ripped James Clapper as well, you know, uh, among other things, an idiot. I know for a fact, and I've turned a name over, uh, one of his deputies was one of the leakers, according to my information. That information was turned over to the appropriate authorities. And yes, he directed it from my information. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens regarding the investigation, but that was action. With that said, he personally, Brian, has lied twice under oath to the American people. Yep, yep. And then Tony Schaefer pivoted back to... Uh, what Byron York was touching on, the whole mental capacity thing. Uh, well, apparently Jim Clapper's now a Ph.D. in, in, in analyzing people remotely. Uh, look, I'll be blunt about it. Jim Clapper's an idiot. I, I've briefed that man several times. And when you when I briefed him on very complex operations, you can see this vacant look. He just doesn't get stuff. So, yeah. So when you're a left winger who is anti-American, who doesn't know his rear end from a hole in the ground, who has been proven to lie to the American people on multiple occasions. How, how can you trust his assessment of President Donald Trump as being mentally unstable? It is a fair question. But you see, James Clapper is part of a, a concerted effort among the Democrat Party, among leftists, and among their, their enablers, in the basket of biased press. Again, it seems that CNN is colluding with the Democrat Party the way they did in the Democrat primaries, but it appears they're, they're colluding once again because it seems that when you have reprobates from the last administration making absurd comments about the president of the United States with, you know, with no basis and certainly no grounding to make such accusations, here comes little Brian Stetler. Stelter. What, how do you pronounce that guy's name? Is it Stetler or Stelter? I, I don't care. Really not important. But here comes little Brian Stetler. Reinforcing this. Showing the collaboration and collusion, again, between left-wing extremists and CNN. President Trump's actions and inactions in the wake of Charlottesville are provoking some uncomfortable conversations. Mostly off the air, if we're being honest. In discussions among friends and family and debates on social media, people are questioning the president's fitness. Wait a minute. Is Brian, little Brian Stetler having a, a conversation with James Clapper off the air to coordinate messaging? But these conversations are happening in newsrooms and TV studios as well. Yeah, I'm sure they are, in particular at CNN. I have more on this coming up, the Chris Salcedo Show, right here on The Blaze. Be right back. 
Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. The Chris Salcedo Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. All right, coming up next hour, we'll talk to Mary Ramirez and also um, our interview with the the attorney of the Coach Kennedy, who was told by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that because you take a government job, you forfeit your right of free exercise of religion. That's all coming up on the Salcedo Show. Don't miss that, folks. It's a, it's a teachable moment. Back to little Brian Stetler. Stelter, whatever the hell his name is, uh, talking about how uh, CNN is is now conspiring and talking mostly off air about how demented Donald Trump, the president of the United States, is. Usually after the microphones are off or after the stories are filed, after the paper has been put to bed, people's concerns and fears and questions come out. Questions that often feel out of bounds, off limits, too hot for TV. Questions like these. Is the President of the United States a racist? Is he suffering from some kind of illness? Now, why would you assume a person who condemns all hatred, all bigotry, and all violence a racist? Only in the minds of people like you, little Brian Stetler, who are predisposed to have animus toward this president. Can you, can you, actually, can you actually arrive at that conclusion? I, your liberty-loving Latino, can tell you that I believe the president's message was superior to simply only condemning the violence and the hatred and the bigotry on the white supremacist side. He needed to call it all out. And Brian Stetler, you didn't have the intellectual honesty to do that. You left Antifa and Black Lives Matter. You, you, you left them harmless. And you excused all of the violence perpetrated and all of the bigotry perpetrated and all the hatred perpetrated in their name. Doesn't that make you the racist, Brian Stetler? Is he fit for office? Oh, long dramatic pause, folks. And if he's unfit, then what? These are upsetting, polarizing questions. that They're uncomfortable to ask. Well, nobody believes you're uncomfortable asking them for a moment. But we in the national news media can't pretend like our readers and viewers aren't already asking. Well, yeah, I, the leftists who watch your program are still left watching your program. I'm sure they're asking that all day. Oh, here's a here's a president who actually tries to keep his campaign promises. Here's a president who actually uh, behaves and and directs his government to adhere to the rule of law. It just just announced today that President Trump is going to crack down on students who overstay illegally overstay their visas. I know it's wild and crazy, isn't it, little Brian Stetler? This week, Republican Senator Bob Corker questioned the president's stability. Watch. The president has not yet um, has not yet been able to demonstrate the stability uh, nor some of the competence that he needs to demonstrate in order to be successful. Now, some Democrats, not surprisingly, have gone a lot further. California Democrat Zoe Lofgren asked. If Trump has early stage dementia, she said she wants a medical mental exam conducted. So you see how this all works. 
the Democrats, who have already a working relationship with CNN. Democrats plant these stories. Little Brian Stetler and Don Lemon or Don Lime get get out there and they start repeating this stuff over and over again. And here come the Democrats counterwalling. Oh, he's oh, he's so demented. He's so crazy. I don't know. You know what comes to my mind, folks? Tail wagging the dog. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Another California Dem, Jackie Speer, called for Trump's removal under the 25th Amendment. And Al Gore said Trump should resign. We're also hearing this in some liberal corners of the news media and the entertainment world. Uh, you saw late night comics got very serious this week. Jimmy Kimmel made jokes about making Trump a powerless king. <laughs> oh, well, hell, if Jimmy Kimmel's uh, joking about Donald Trump, let's get him the hell out of the office. I didn't know that. <laughs> this is little Brian Stetler making his case, ladies and gentlemen. The comedians are getting serious. Oh, let's remove him from office. And, and this, this guy's on national television. Oh, good grief. And then there's the hysterical Ana Navarro, who, by the way, has been recently pictured with one Bill Clinton. Hey, you know what? I kind of I kinda like that woman. I like that Anna Navarro. She is run sweet cookie. You know what I mean? Hey, Anna, come over here. Let me get a picture with you. Okay, where, where, where should I put my hand? Right there. Is that all right? Is that all right? Does that feel good? Anna Navarro, who's an alleged Republican. <laughs> she is really what she is, folks, is an, an hysterical boob who takes to the airwaves because she's paid to, to sound like this. He is just such an incredible, self-centered, narcissistic, unfit jerk. <laughs> she wasn't talking about Bill Clinton either. She was talking about Donald Trump. And then here comes Don Lime. Uh, you guys know Don Lime, uh, uh, formerly known as Don Lemon over at CNN. reason why we call him Don Lime is because, well, he, he likes to get sauced on tequila on live national television during New Year's Eve celebrations. And, well... You know, he has given oxygen to racists. Mm -hmm. He hasn't really said anything, denounced the alt right. He talked about yep. the KKK and whatever. He hasn't really um, done that. He is clearly trying to ignite a civil war in this country. Mm -hmm. He has not tamped down race. <laughs> yeah. Condemning all racism, bigotry, hate and violence. That's not good enough for Don Lyon, everybody. And he's done it on multiple occasions. He's condemned the KKK. He's condemned David Duke. I mean, I, 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 th th this guy, what does he got to do? Scrawl it in blood, Don Lime? Seriously. And I, I laughed at this, and Tucker Carlson kind of laughed at this, but Newt Gingrich, Newt Gingrich said, no, wait a minute. Before you start poo-pooing this idea of a civil war, and, and Gingrich isn't saying that Trump is sponsoring the civil war. Don Lyme is giving is giving cover to those who would really sponsor a civil war. I think uh, um, Prager did a piece about 
three months ago on America's second civil war, arguing that what, what you're seeing with Antifa, what you're seeing on college campuses, what you're seeing to some extent in the bureaucracy is a real division of the country. You just had the, the former director of national intelligence explain that he thinks Trump may not be mentally stable enough to be president. This is the one who lied to Congress about spying yes. on Americans. Uh, no, sadly, I, I knew Clapper back when he was a normal military guy before he went off the deep end. <laughs> When he lost all of his hair and apparently all of his sense. But, I mean, he, he clearly spun out in a way. But you've had these kind of things going on. And so I think the gap is getting wider. I think that the, the chaos, what happened to the left is at 8 o'clock in the evening, Hillary was going to break the glass ceiling. And at 11 o'clock in the evening, Donald J. Trump was going to be president. And the hard left has never recovered. It's the great trauma that they have never recovered from. And they're now seeing their world starting to be taken apart. I mean, instead of a left-wing judge, they get a right-wing judge. You know, instead of more regulations, they're getting less regulations. Instead of America being defeated and weak, America suddenly is getting stronger and beginning to win. I mean, it's horrifying if you're a real left-winger. <laughs> it is. L- look at what all the left-wing stands for. A diminished America, excessive spending, high taxation, government control over your life. And they're seeing all of this being unwound because they thought they'd hit the promised land with President Obama. He was making all of their leftist dreams of control come true. And it all slipped away. They, and what did I tell you in the, in the intervening months after the, after president Trump won and, and the Republicans maintained control of Congress, the Democrats and their base, these left-wing extremists, they lost the ability to use government to tell you what to do. And they just, and, and leftists, live to tell you what to do and now they don't have the power and they are out of their ever-loving minds so whatever they got to do even if they have to accuse the president of the united states of being mentally unfit tell me who you think is more mentally unfit the president of the united states and all of his rhetoric or this person how could the Park Service justify denying that organization their free speech rights? Because the Constitution does not say that a person can shout, yell, wolf in a crowded theater. <laughs> yes, uh, you all be careful this weekend when you go to the movie theater because, you know, uh, wolves constantly are on the prowl. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, everybody, leader of the Democrats in the House. Uh, you, and, and don't you be shouting wolf in a crowded theater, folks, because that, that'll get you in big trouble. Triple eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Rich in White Plains, New York, sir. Welcome to Chris Salcedo show. What say you, man? Chris, uh, uh, cry wolf, yell wolf. That's, you know, that's almost as bad as uh, Guam capsizing. Uh, uh, if <laughs> Uh, oh yeah these these mental midgets who who claim to be smarter than all of us it, it, it's oh, so rich. It, it, well they're all demo they're all democrats too but anyway anyway like <laughs> i want to make my point okay <clears throat> you know the you know the lamestream basket of, of bias um has the attention span of a chipmunk okay that a news story only lasts a day right but they seem to be keeping the Charlottesville story alive. You know, every day I, 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 I'm a news junkie, and every day 
I hear a reference to Charlottesville. But here's the thing that's happening. Like that game that you see played where you line up ten people and the first person gets something whispered in their ear and they have to pass it along, and by the time it gets to the tenth person, it's completely incoherent. Uh-huh. Well, this is what's... This is what's happened to the Charlottesville story. Now, there is absolutely no reference to the Robert E. Lee statue, uh, the fact that the original permit, and I have a copy of it, says free speech uh, protest. Now, well, you, heard, you heard what de Blasio is doing in your state, right? He wants to take down statues of Christopher Columbus, that reprobate, the communist mayor of New York. Can you believe yeah. this stuff? Yeah, him, him and Bernie Sanders are separated at birth. <laughs> a, couple, a, a couple of socialists. Hey, but, I have a challenge for you. Yeah. I have a challenge. Now, because now you know what the big news story is right now. It, it is the hurricane, right? The hurricane, yeah. How will little Brian Stetler and Don Lyme and all the folks over at CNN, how will they work Charlottesville into their coverage of the hurricane? <laughs> 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 hey man, I got a scoot. I got to get to an interview. I appreciate it, Rich and White Plains. Have a great, okay. have Very a great week. Thing. Have a great weekend, brother. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Be right back on the Blaze. The media wasn't ready for a conservative Latino, so naturally, we gave him a show. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, you guys may or may not have heard this story. I think we talked about it yesterday about this coach uh, that was uh, a high school coach out in uh, Washington, Seattle, Washington. And he would kneel down in prayer at the 50 yard line after, after a game. Uh, to thank God that his students and his, uh, his athletes didn't get hurt. Well, he was fired for that because he was warned not to do that. And then the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals came out with a ruling basically saying that uh, he didn't have a right to the free exercise of religion because he had a government job. Earlier today, and you're going to hear some references. I was, uh, You guys know I have a, a show in North Texas on, on WBAP. And uh, I talked with the attorney who represented this guy, and here's how the conversation went. Right now, uh, Jeremy Dice is Deputy Gen- uh, General Counsel for First Liberty, the nation's largest law firm devoted to protecting religious liberty for all Americans. Counselor, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, you are representing Coach Kennedy, who, yes, sir. Uh, who took a knee at the 50-yard line before and after football games to pray for the safety of his players and then to pray to thank God that his players didn't get injured during the course of a very physical football game. And the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals has said, you know what, Uh, you abandon your, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but their case was you abandon your religious rights when you take a government job. Do I have that about right? 
That's pretty close. One small correction to the facts, this only happened after the game, and it was when the game was over, everybody's going to the locker room, the fans are leaving the field or leaving the stadium. He just went out and took a knee for 15, maybe 30 seconds and said a silent prayer. Nobody can hear it. He just said a silent prayer. It looked like he was tying his shoe from a long distance, I suppose. But mm-hmm. uh, And for that, for that, just taking that knee and for 15 to 30 seconds uh, uttering that silent prayer, Coach Kennedy was fired from his job. Good grief. So he was he – was, now, what was the name of the school? Forgive me for not remembering. Yeah, Bremerton High School. It's right outside of Seattle. Of course, Seattle. Um, so, so that, that that is, folks. In case you don't know, that part of the country extremely leftist, extremely liberal. I've got to tell you this chilling effect. And I am no, I am no constitutional scholar, but I seem to remember a a prohibition against government doing exactly what happened to your client, which was uh, preventing him from the free exercise of religion. My understanding, government didn't have that th- authority or power. Yeah, well, it's funny, too, because uh, Coach Kennedy spent 20 years in the United States Marine Corps defending uh, the rights for all of us to be able to freely exercise our faith. Look, this decision by the Ninth Circuit is is really deeply disappointing and, frankly, far-reaching. For the court to endorse a school district's right to ban or fire a coach for taking a knee after a game and for 15 or 30 seconds saying a silent prayer, uh, that's just simply wrong. I mean, what's going to happen as football season gets going, we understand and kids get hurt in the game. What happens when the, the quarterback goes down with an injury and the coach goes out there, crosses himself, and bows his head? Is that coach fired now because he dared to show himself in public uh, praying? Uh, under this opinion, yes, he is, uh, because that can't be allowed by the Ninth Circuit. Now, this was a single judge on the Ninth Circuit that made the ruling. Is that correct? No, this was a three-judge panel. Three-judge so panel. A, that's right. What was the makeup of the panel? Who appointed these judges? Oh, you know, I, I honestly can't recall. I, I know there was one by Obama, and I'm sure there was a couple others back on there. But regardless, yeah. the judges came together and said, look, it's, it's okay for a school district to ban a coach from praying individually just because other people can see him doing it. I mean, that, that means that uh, teachers wearing a crucifix in the classroom, they're now uh, a suspect. Uh, if, uh, if, if, they, if they say God bless you to a student who sneezed in the hallway, uh, that may actually go too far. Any, as, the, as the school district said to Coach Kennedy, any outward displays of religion, those are off limits when you're on duty or when you're on the campus here. Uh, and frankly, under this opinion, I'm not entirely sure when Coach is off duty if he's ever wearing his, uh, you know, his, his school's uh, logo. Good so it, it just goes way too far, and it undermines exactly what the Constitution sought to prevent. Jeremy Dice, my guest right now, Deputy General Counsel for First Liberty, the nation's largest law firm devoted to protecting religious liberty for all Americans. Now, we know the reputation of the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals. Uh, they're a bunch of idiots, to be quite frank, and they're the most overturned court in our country. Uh, this will, I'm, I'm assuming, be appealed to the, to the Supreme Court. Well, hopefully sanity will prevail. Yeah, there, there's a number of options. We could uh, seek the, the entire court's review. It's called an en banc opinion. There's about 30 or so judges on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. We could ask them all to review the case. Or you're right, we could petition directly to the Supreme Court and, and see where it goes from there. But, you know, it, this disappointing decision, uh, something needs to be done about it because, you know, what, what happens at the end of the game when there's a 45-yard uh, field goal that's got to be kicked and the kids link arms and pray that that ball goes through the uprights? Do the coaches have to run off the field now? 
Uh, I, I'm not so sure, but it, it's simply wrong for a school district to fire a football coach for taking a knee after a game for 15 to 30 seconds and, and uttering a silent prayer. Does the Constitution at all prohibit the free expression of religion uh, every place except for a government job or every place except for where nobody can see? Is that specified? Because I, I don't see that caveat anywhere in the Constitution of the United States. Well, you know, it's funny. Back in the 1960s, the Supreme Court of the United States said that it had been the unmistakable holding of the Supreme Court for for uh, 60 years. And, and so this is still the case now, supposedly, that uh, and they said that students and then they said teachers are do not shed their constitutional rights when they walk through the schoolhouse gates. Evidently, according to the Ninth Circuit right now, football coaches must shed at least part of their First Amendment freedoms when they walk onto the gridiron. Now, we believe that that's wrong. Had the coach been told by the, the school district not to do this? Did he get a warning or was it just they, they were so aghast they fired him after the first so-called offense? Uh, he was given the warning not to engage in any outward displays of religion, which is basically to say, don't engage in your First Amendment activities. Right. So we said, look, all we're asking for, all the coaches ever wanted, uh, since he made this covenant with God on a battlefield, literally in, on, a, on a Marine Corps battlefield, uh, to take a knee in silent prayer for 15 to 30 seconds by himself on the field. That's all he's ever wanted. And, and for that, the coach was fired, and the Ninth Circuit has said that's okay. Of course, folks can go to firstliberty.org and read more about this case and, 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 and see a lot of the d- details for themselves there. It's chilling. It, it is chilling. I, I cannot understand and, and maybe it's because I'm a conservative. Maybe it's because I have such reverence for the founding document. I do not understand how anybody who calls themselves an American can sit there and say, oh, it is government's it is government's right to restrict your freedom of religion uh, simply because you have a government job. Uh, and, and basically this puts up the the no Christian uh, the no Christian sign up on on government. If this is allowed to stand, let me ask you your opinion, if I can, counselor, if if this coach had taken out a Muslim prayer rug on the 50-yard line, do you think the Ninth Circuit would have been as bold? Well, that remains to be seen, I suppose. But the ruling right now would suggest that if there's a Jewish coach on the sidelines and he wears his yarmulke there, he's in violation of the Constitution. Or if a Catholic coach wears his crucifix or a Muslim uh, coach wears her hijab, those are all outward displays of religion that uh, that are apparently now under the Ninth Circuit's consideration uh, uh, unconstitutional. Look, that is not what the First Amendment says and is not the, the America that our founding fathers put into place so many years ago. Some folks on the morning show uh, wanted me to ask you, <laughs> so I'm going to. Uh, what was what was the coach's record? <laughs> you know, honestly, I do not know. Yeah. It's, it's a great question. <laughs> I got to go back and figure that out myself. Hey. I'll, I'll try to call in tomorrow to tell him. God, God is my witness. I did ask the question. So, are you guys in there? Tell 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 the morning show. I did ask. <laughs> okay, Counselor uh, Jeremy Dice, everybody, Deputy General Counsel. For First Liberty, the nation's largest law firm devoted to protecting religious liberty for all Americans. Thank goodness you're out there because the American left's assault on people of faith continues and it's unabashed and it needs to be stopped, sir. I appreciate what everything you do. Our pleasure. Thanks, Chris. All right, folks, that's how it went earlier on the Chris Salcedo show. So I look uh, th- th- this this is this is chilling. This is important. Uh, we conservatives, Americans, even you Democrats out there who have a brain cell left. It is uh, this far, no further. This cannot be allowed to stand. I have an idea that it's going to be overturned at the Supreme Court.
Uh, have you guys heard that Donald Trump and his travel and his the size of his family is breaking the Secret Service? That's an absolute lie. It's been debunked several times, but the left wing is pushing it. Here's Dan Bongino on Fox News Channel adding uh, he used to be a Secret Service agent, so he knows. As a former Secret Service yeah. agent, what do you make of the story that came out? It was a big story that because Donald Trump flies all over the world yeah. and he's got such a big family, the Secret Service doesn't have, have enough money to keep him safe. Oh, I can't. I am so happy. You've got a big smile on my face. You brought this up. This is a garbage story. This is totally made up. I was a Secret Service agent for 12 years. I saw the evolution of the Secret Service from Treasury to Homeland. This is entirely made up. The Secret Service budget crunch because the agents are capped. They have a salary cap. They cannot make any more than the lowest paid member of Congress, no matter what. What about overtime? It doesn't matter. So the problem is after a certain amount of time during a busy travel year, the agents cap out. Newsflash, this has been a problem since 1980. They expect you, know, you to work they, for free? You, you, well, you do after a certain amount you of time. Do. Yeah, okay. Mary Ramirez makes her way into the Chris Salcedo Show. Coming up next on The Blaze. Be right back. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. Make sure you stick with the uh, Blaze all weekend long, folks. Sure, we're going to have uh, all the fabulous hosts on the weekend. Lawrence and Mike and and all the rest, uh, keeping you updated on what's happening with the hurricane. Uh, and also our news service will be giving you up-to-the-minute information, especially you folks displaced out of southern Texas. Keep it right here with the Blaze, and we'll make sure that you are up-to-date as best as we possibly can. Right now, let's uh, join our buddy Mary Ramirez, who is uh, commuting. And uh, in traffic, and in, in traffic. Well, good. At least you're not. At least we know you're gonna you're gonna keep a good uh, good Skype signal to the. Uh, and you're not traveling too fast. Uh, nope. Bumper to bumper. Uh, <laughs> so we're good. Nice. Well, maybe a lot of folks made it up there. I'm mean, up into Minnesota, all the way up to uh, your neck of the woods from the Texas Gulf Coast. Fleeing the massive storm. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, Mary Ramirez, a longtime contributor to the Chris Alcedo Show, folks, almost since the very beginning, and. She provides us with her observations on a weekly basis, uh, her writings and musings at afuturefree.com. And uh, what do you got this week? Well, Chris, I've got some more history this week. We did a little bit of history last week, and I I delved into it again because I'm just, I can't sit by and and watch this this selective cherry-picking of our history, this whitewashing of our history, in the context of, again, these monuments. I know we keep talking about these monuments. But no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I just got to be clear. When she said whitewashing, folks, all you liberal extremists out there, when she oh, said geez. whitewashing, she wasn't exactly, you know, saying uh, anything to be, you know, racial in any, any, any way. It's just like, you know, when we talk yeah. about, on the show, we talk about government being a black hole, you know, where, where money gets sucked down. It's meta- Yeah, we got to be careful. I know, that, huh? it's metaphorical and and, and yeah, it, these are metaphors. Paint, we're not exactly paint over. Exa- we're not exactly talking about people's 
color of their skin when we say whitewashing or when we say black holes. I just got to be abundantly clear for all of you people who <laughs> don't have two brain cells out there. Uh, go ahead, Mary. Well, it's kind of like the, uh, well, yeah. well, as long as we're on this track, it's kind of like the ACLU. Did you hear about that? Where they tweeted out something about this is what, this is the America that we want or something. And it was a toddler or a baby and a onesie that said freedom of speech. And the kid happened to be white. And blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and everybody lost their minds. What? This is what you want? A white America? Oh, my gosh. Well, anyway, yeah, I, yeah like, I talked about that in the first hour. People. Thanks for listening. Um, yes. Hey, hey, hey. Commute, <laughs> commute, commute. Come on, come on. <laughs> so what's going on? Well, so anyway, you know, again, I'm sick and tired of people whitewashing our history and, you know, refusing to actually crack a book. And, and read and understand the context of our nation's history. And I'm speaking particularly about our founders, um, you know, because we've moved beyond just, you know, oh, we got to remove all the Confederate era statues, the Robert E. Lees and the Stonewall Jacksons. Now we got to rename, you know, schools after George Washington and take down monuments to Thomas Jefferson and put up disclaimers at Monticello and so on and so forth. And it's because you know why they own slaves and therefore they are automatically part of the problem. They automatically are the problem. And again, you know, I realize I'm a history major. I studied social studies and history. So this is sort of, I like this. I like to crack these books, but it's important that everybody do that because it's so much more than just, oh, well, they own slaves. So therefore the conversation's done. When you really stop and think about the fact that slavery, which was an institution that had been around for millennia, I mean, really since the, the dawn of mankind, we had been figuring out how to enslave their fellow human beings. They ended slavery from the time from the time that we founded the country until the Emancipation Proclamation in the 1860s was 89 years. We ended a, a millennia-long tradition in just 89 years, thanks in grand part to the foundation that people like, yes, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, slaveholding men, laid in our country. And 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 it's you know, when we talk about their slaveholding history, it does get sticky because it's hard to have a conversation about men who are quoted as saying that they they believe slavery was an abhorrence and, and something we needed to be concerned about. It's hard to really believe them when they owned slaves. So that's why I'm asking people to, to dig into this and think about things like, you know, the context of the laws of the day. You know, these were guys who just broke from a dictatorial centralized government and had fought, you know, in, in blood, sweat and tears to create the United States and to create a country where states would have autonomy, where people would have freedom and that the federal government would not grow too big. So they were very, very careful about, you know, ensuring that the federal government did not balloon. So they didn't want to do it from the top down. And then at the state level, every state had their own laws about who could and couldn't free uh, their slaves and under what conditions and so on. So, for example, in the case of Thomas Jefferson and George Washington in particular, they both lived in Virginia. And in Virginia, they had laws of manumission regarding freeing of slaves that required you to petition the government of Virginia. It required you, in some cases, in George Washington's case, to pass your slaves on to your children if they were inherited from your family before you. And so it was much harder than just, okay, snap your fingers and, and, and done. It was a matter of the law. They had to work to change the law in order to do it legally. You and, know, and not only that, but you know, well, everything that you're talking about is is of course historical fact. Things that that people that who are out there marching in the streets. I mean, we we just posted a video on Twitter of of one of these Antifa thugs shoving a nail into the face of another Antifa Antifa thug and, yeah. and, and cutting him because he thought he looked like a Nazi. Right, and so th these people have the brain power of a gnat, 
and well, and, when you and, got- and, and, and they try to put the context of their experience in their own lifetime, and that's how they judge historical historical monuments and they don't bother to go back and do the the diligence that you have done like a graphic we put up on the show earlier black people who are who were never slaves are fighting white people who were never nazis over a confederate statue erected by democrats (laughs) because democrats can't stand their own damn history anymore and somehow it's all trump's fault what a line right I mean, really stop and think about it. I feel like we're living in a perpetual onion. I mean, look at what ESPN just did with 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 that comment or the was it the sports announcer? His name was Robert Lee. Oh, we can't have somebody named Robert Lee. We got to remove him, even though he's he's an Asian American with zero ties to the Civil War or the Confederacy. But it is it's just lunacy. And we are you're absolutely right, Chris, when you say that we are looking at this issue through the eyes of today. Yep. And and, and you can't do that. Of course, we all know slavery is an, an abhorrence. But, you know, nobody stops to think about how absolutely monumental it was that the founders were even entertaining the idea that slavery was, oh, gee whiz, kind of contradictory to the whole all men are created equal thing. That was revolutionary because the world had never had that thought before. It was just normal. It was what everybody did. It didn't make it right, but it was what everybody did. The fact that they were even entertaining it being wrong was incredible. But no one gives them that credit. It's funny. They they are responsible for the foundation that, that eventually ended slavery. And yet today, all they are recognized for is being slaveholders, like everyone else. It's true. And you That's know what? For. And then there are those who are smart enough to know better and who allow the ignorance to be perpetuated. Why? Because they do so because it's political. And this whole dang thing has it is is political. You, you know the Salcedo show axiom that uh, ideology trumps everything. It trumps exactly religion. Right. It trumps race. So the reason why we're having to endure this is because the Democrats have no message. The Democrats have no way to better America. They know it. And so they're dealing with issues that will not put one uh, one crumb of bread on anybody's plate, one, one stitch of clothing on anybody's back, account. or $1 on anybody's account. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason right. why this country has to go through all this upheaval is because liberal extremist Democrats have no flipping ideas. Well, they're Machiavellian to the fullest extent of the term. It's whatever you have to do to achieve your ends. And if that means lying through your teeth about history, even though you know better, then that's what they do. And that's scary. Yeah. Because our kids are growing up today believing these awful lies. And not only – it's not only that they're not cracking open the books. The books that they're being handed are full of the lies in no. school. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's that, the issue. That is, yeah, you know so. what? The, the, the sanitization of our, of our history books – you know, I watched a woman on Fox the other day, and I, I think she was on Martha McCallum's uh, show. And t- she was she, – I think she was an elected representative who was just as ignorant as your, your, your rank-and-file Black Lives Matter marcher. <laughs> And and she I was heard that. She, oh she was she was droning on about how uh, yeah we 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 need to we need to put this stuff away because of the real history and she started articulating and for, I I wish I had recorded it she started rattling off stuff that wasn't historically accurate and I'm going man do you actually believe this or are you hoping other is people this, will is this the one who who thought that the uh, the southern states wanted to succeed was that the same one no 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 that, <laughs> is this a different one <laughs> no 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 this was actually a, a a lawmaker the one who was talking about oh, a lawmaker gotcha yeah the one who was talking about the southern states succeeding was Brooke Baldwin the, that clueless oh. nitwit over at CNN yeah she she oh. was the one who <laughs> was talking about the southern states succeeding yes um, well they did want to succeed they just didn't (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and there's that. Oh, boy. All right. So what's the name so, of the piece? It is Five Things to Know About Our Founders and Ending the Awfulness of Slavery. And that is up on my blog, futurefree.com, And I'll tweet it out after this segment. As soon as you stop driving, you will tweet it out. Do well, it safely. My yes. husband's actually driving. So oh. I'm actually safely sitting in the passenger seat. Very good. <laughs> well, uh, hi to the family. And you have a great, great weekend, okay? You too. Happy Friday. All right. Catch you later. Mary Ramirez, everybody here on the Chris Alcedo Show. Uh, gosh, I, I was looking at that soundbite uh, here a second ago of Brooke. I, I guess I stored it away into my file. Brooke Baldwin. Well, you know what? While we're talking about ignorance, we might as well uh, just do this. Hold on a second. The Park Service justify denying that organization their free speech rights because the Constitution does not say that a person can shout, yell, wolf in a crowded theater. <laughs> Does that does that cover our ignorance quote quota for today? And by the way, yelling fire in a crowded theater, that is absolutely permissible under the Constitution. Putting people at risk because you yell fire, that's what you get prosecuted for. You don't get prosecuted because you're you um because you exercised free speech. You get prosecuted because you put people's lives in danger because of it. All right. Just so we're clear, uh, you know, when we used to have the Constitution Revolution here on the South Sader show, we had an entire segment dedicated to that. Uh, back in a minute, everybody, the Chris Salcedo show will send you to the weekend next on uh, the blaze. The Chris Salcedo show will be right back. The blaze radio network. Salcedo show on the blaze radio network. All right. Welcome back everybody. I've been trying to get to this soundbite for a couple of weeks. And, uh, this is representative Mark Meadows. He is of course, uh, freedom caucus. One of the, one of the guys in the freedom caucus, he was at a town hall meeting where a bunch of leftists showed up and, and we're reading him the riot act. It's a very short soundbite, but it, it's very telling. And uh, let's just go through it. Listen. Uh, and let's have a real discussion about Medicare for all. Because, but, okay, the price tag is just unbelievably high. Now, and, and so, so when we, we're starting to see that, it has to be a tax. Well, let me. Yeah, yeah. Tax the rich so they can give me all their stuff. And listen, listen to the applause of these lazy leftists. I, uh, I do not, you know, I, I remember growing up having, uh, having to shop at Kmart. I was the butt of many jokes growing up because you know how kids can be kind of cruel. But my single mom raising my sister and me in an apartment in Southern California Let's just say we didn't have all the luxuries. We had food. We had food in our in our stomach, and we had clothes on our backs, but they weren't the best clothes. weren't Jordache. They weren't designer. And it never once occurred to my mom, and it never once occurred to my to my sister and me that that uh, somebody else owed me stuff. And it's 
in my view, the disintegration of the of the education system that allows dominated by the left wing, of course, that allows this thought process to get in that you are somehow owed stuff, free health care, free housing for, for, you know, today uh, one, it was meals first and now it's uh, health care. Next is going to be housing. And the leftists promise all of it. You know, there's there is not enough rich people in this world to take care of everybody. There's just not. The only way that happens is when everybody's productive, when you have a free market and everybody is producing for themselves. There's a difference between being self-interested and selfish, folks. You got to know that. And what a set. Those people inside of Mark Meadows' rally, cheering for taxing the rich so they can have free stuff, it's just a sad commentary on America and where we have descended. We've got to turn around. We can't allow sloth like that to rule the day. And it will rule the day if we elect people like, well, have you guys heard, CNN is reporting, that a couple of liberals are already planning a run for the White House in 2020. Uh, The names of these liberals, they're, they're two governors right now. They're serving governors. One is... Democrat Governor John Hickenlooper of Colorado. The other liberal is Governor John Kasich of Ohio. Uh, He calls himself a Republican, but he's a progressive liberal. Uh, Who, by the way, did you guys hear his dad? His dad was a mailman and a Democrat. I don't know if you all knew that. John Kasich's dad was a mailman. It's a true story, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, these two liberals are going to team up to run in 2020. And you know what? It's a good thing they're they're both named John. We're going to need two Johns to, to handle all the crap they're going to be dishing out. That's going to do it for the Chris Salcedo Show. Remember, everybody, society's worth not measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have yourselves a grand weekend, everybody. See you back here on Monday, 3 o'clock Eastern. The Chris Salcedo Show, part of Generation Blaze, only on the Blaze Radio Network.